Is it time? This is the My New Norm podcast. And I'm your host, Barry Scott Young. And now, on with the show. It's a pleasant afternoon in June. Mel and his best girl, Farah, are enjoying a ride. Well, he's enjoying it. She's not too happy about the way he drives. He's got a good car, and he likes to show what it can do. Hey, you're supposed to slow down for a school crossing. Uh-oh. Perhaps Mel's not such a big shot after all. Well, welcome to season three. It's all about real people and real stories. Now you can help support this podcast with as little as the price of a cup of coffee. Go to the show notes below to find the link. One more thing. Help us get the word out by sharing this podcast with those you know. Now, let's go back in time. When gas prices were about 40 cents a gallon in the golden age of hot rodding in the early 50s. From go-karting, hot rodding, racing, to drags, today's guest, Richard Wozniak, has had a lifetime of experience and lives to tell about it. This episode... You'll enjoy hearing my friend and fellow car fanatic as he shares about his love for cars and where it all started. This is going to be a good one. Enjoy. Well, how's my good friend Richard Wozniak? Oh, heck, I'm doing real well. I had the luxury of being able to to live in sunny La Mesa, California, you know, all my life. So <laughs> Your whole life? So you're, you were raised there? Yeah, well, it, the good news is, is that uh, Rose and Frank, my parents, were, were married in October of 1941. And my dad said to my mom, we didn't lose anything here in Michigan. Let's go someplace else. And uh, he, had the, he was with Convair General Dynamics his whole life when he was working. And so they moved to California. So me and my five sisters were all uh, born and raised in uh, Southern California. What kind of age group? Well, let's see. We got uh, Sharon. Uh, she's only about uh, 14 months away from me. And then and Gail's about 10 years. And uh, Candy is, uh, let's see, Candy's about 15 years. And I did have two sisters that uh, passed away. Peggy, uh, okay some breast cancer and then uh, I had uh, a baby sister that had a blue heart so that was before they knew how to fix that kind of stuff but yeah so oh there's uh, four, there's four of us left there's four of us what's a blue heart that was a hole in the hole in the heart you know and they know how to fix stuff like that now but uh, they didn't uh, back in the day it was a long time ago I don't even remember the year yeah well that's that's interesting. Um, when I had my stroke, they said that I have a hole in my heart and that's what caused my stroke. Oh my gosh. Okay. I never knew. And uh, they can repair it or blood thinners. Huh. 
Yeah. Interesting. Wow. It is very interesting. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> me too. Me too. I mean, I brag about you all the time, Barry. I, I do. <laughs> I have fond memories of just spending time talking cars with you. Um, we knew each other because uh, basically your kids were in my youth group. I moved to San Diego, uh, 1979. And so I probably met you that year and oh, wow. you and Bernie have been just incredible. Um, over the years, I can't wait to talk to you at six months or a year or a week later. And, um, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Um, growing up, Rich, what kind of kid were you? Well, I, I definitely was very, very active. You know, I, I think one of my best memories is, and I, I brag about it all the time is I had, uh, uh, two newspapers uh, that I was delivering, you know, and I did that, let's see, 55, 56, and 57. I was uh, 9, 10, 11 years old, and, and I loved it, you know, and my biggest uh, supporter and cheerleader was my mom, you know, and not only just for me, but for my for my sisters, you know, and so, so okay, so okay, so starting out there, you know, knew the value of, uh, you know, a dollar and stuff like that, yeah. and, and so it just continued. But, uh, but as far as, uh, first getting introduced, to uh, to cars and, and liking them, my dad suggested, uh, let's put a Briggs and Stratton lawnmower motor on a piece of wood, you know, a boy who dreamed of being a racing motorist had a long time to wait. Now they can get the feel of a track under racing conditions. Only a few inches above the ground, 50 miles an hour feels like 200. And uh, probably the fanciest part of the whole go-kart. And I think, and I always like to say that my dad was probably the the guy who started out this whole go-kart thing. Because when my friend Jerry Gilvin and I, we went to grade school and, and high school together, he, my dad built one for him too. Hmm. And we, we'd drive over to each other's houses on these wooden, uh, you know, go-karts. And the police department didn't know what to say. It took them about six months to figure out. <laughs> no way. What year was this? Well, that was that would have been at the same time that I had the had the paper out because uh, as a matter of, I had a morning paper out, the Union Tribune here in San Diego, but I had the Union route which was in the morning. And I deliver the papers on my go-kart, you know, because I'm out oh. there at 5, 30, 6 o'clock <laughs> in the morning slinging papers, you know, on this go-kart. Of course, oh. I'm, I'm I'm back in time to to go to go to school, so, you know, my dad, my dad said it had to have a muffler on it, you know, so it did have a muffler. It wasn't, wasn't real loud, but yeah. yeah. Was that the two and a half horse? <laughs> probably was. Two and yeah. It probably, I think it was all the way up to two and a half horse and it had one of those centrifugal clutches on it, you know, as the motor oh, yeah. revved up, it, it, you know, squeezed in and, uh, God, it worked. It really, really worked. And we, we probably did that for, oh, I think two and a half years easily. Oh yeah. Man. Both Jerry and I. Uh, go-karts today, you know, you're talking a hundred miles per hour plus, right? Oh yeah. oh yeah. 
No, one of my best stories is uh, 1956. They were building the uh, one of our freeways here, Highway 94. And so that was one of the places that Jerry and I would go up there after 3 o'clock because there was nobody on there. They had the freeway wow. all to ourselves. So we'd get on we'd get on the freeway, and we're going down as fast as we can. And right behind me was a La Mesa policeman in a 56 Chevrolet. And, you know, he puts the lights on, and... And he's, you know, so we're shaking a little bit. And uh, he says, guy, those are great. He says, you know, you were going 32 miles an hour, you know. <laughs> and he says, I want to build one of those for my kid. Oh, my. <laughs> so we'd oh, go from La Mesa to, to Lemon Grove on those go-karts, back and forth, back and forth, you know. Oh, it's Wow. The fun. same engine was used later on with my friends uh, for the minibike. Oh, yeah. Same motor. Crazy. Those were probably made out of steel, though, instead of wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was so small, even though we would drive double, uh, it was basically the engine, um, something to sit on and some handlebars, you know, go-kart oh, tires, you know. So <laughs> That's right. Oh, That's my. right. Oh, my gosh. So you started your interest with vehicles because of your dad. What what yeah. what did he do with cars? Okay, my dad was probably not a uh, not a big car guy. He was uh, like I said, aeronautical engineer, stress analyst, physics major when he went to University of Michigan. So he didn't have any trouble getting a, getting a job with uh, Conveyor. That was a program back in the day when you used to go to school a month and, and work a month. And then he, like hmm. I said, he wound up transferring out here to the the West Coast and being with, at that time, I guess it was, yeah, it was called Convair back then too. So his interest was airplanes and my dad, dad built airplanes, but dad and I worked together, you know, anything uh, that I wanted to do or, you know, he, he was involved with my, I, I my dad was wonderful, not just for me, but of course, uh, my sisters too. I mean, I, wow. when we were in, when we were in high school and college, um, all of us would say things like, uh, you know, we probably don't even need to go to the classroom. My dad could, I mean, it didn't matter if it was English or math, it, he could, he could do it all. So, but as we progress in our, our time here, uh, I'll be able to share some of the wonderful things that my dad and I got involved in. Okay. Big question transition right here. What was the first car you ever owned? The first car that I ever owned was a Model A, and uh, my dad surprised wait, me. Wait, wait. How old are you? I'm only I'm only about twelve <laughs> or thirteen years old, and my my dad did this uh, did this for me. He knew he found out about a Model A that was for sale in Lemon Grove, which is a little town right next to La Mesa, and we went over there, and, and he surprised me. You know, we go over in the car. And it was a hundred dollars for a Model A that didn't have a didn't have a trunk. As a matter of wow. fact, there was the the fellow that had owned it had built up some wood in the back and used it like a like a small pickup truck. And he had manure in the back and everything it was crazy. <laughs> so we, but it ran. I mean, it was a four cylinder, of course, Model A with a four cylinder. He drove that thing home, put it in the backyard. And the first thing that he did was uh, take the distributor out so that Richard wouldn't mess around with it, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, uh, but my dad and I, uh, over a period leading up to me having a driver's license, uh, changed that from a four-cylinder Model A to a V8 engine, a Ford Flathead. Did you really? 
Oh gosh. I, every Barry, every weekend we would go to the junkyards down there in the South Bay area looking for, for parts, you know, cause model A's didn't have yeah. hydraulic, hydraulic brakes. We actually bought a complete 1940 uh, Ford chassis. So that meant it had the axle and it had the hydraulic brakes and the frame. So that was all we had. We got that home. And again, my dad's an engineer. So the, the big thing was how are we going to fit that, uh, that engine in there? We actually cut the X member out of the 40 Ford frame. And my dad took pies out of the, out of the ends of that X member. And we took it to a guy in Lemon Grove and he welded that X member into the uh, into the Model A frame because you know 40 frame is a little bit thicker than a Model A, but it looked perfect. Looked perfect. Of course, we put the front spring and the axle and out of the 40 Ford in the front. We did use the original uh, Model A rear end, but anyway, it, it gosh, it came together. It came together. We did all of that in the garage, oh. and uh, you know, but my dad was there for me all the time we did it together yeah. it was so much fun one of the mo- when it came time to uh paint the thing the trick was to uh wet your garage floor so that all the paint that fell <laughs> and we had we had one of those dad had one of those compressors well it wasn't a real compressor it was the same setup that people used to paint houses with you know where it's okay. just a bucket you know we painted that model a red it was mm. wonderful it was wonderful yeah. Took off the fenders, right? No, as a matter of fact, mine was a full fendered car. We wanted to, it was a full fendered car. The only thing that we didn't have was the trunk lid. And that was one of the hardest parts to find because that was, uh, they didn't have aftermarket back in those days. Yeah. You know, you had to go to the junkyard to find one. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons that dad and I were going to the junkyards every, every Saturday. We'd go to Street and Sons and, Ace and all those guys down there. Do you have a Model A trunk lid yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Finally got one. Finally got uh, one. Can you name your cars up until 20? Did you have a series of cars? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I had the Model A and then I had a, I had a 55 Ford. I inherited my folks uh, 57 ford which was and that's a story in itself uh, that was one of the cars i had the most fun with and uh and then uh, let's see i bought a brand new 1965 uh mustang so that that's about right that was about 21 yeah so that's about the first cars that i had yeah oh nice and, and i had some motorcycles too so yeah so your friends growing up, I'm sure, were like-minded. Is that right? Yes. You got a name that you've heard before, Harry Jackman, you know, Jackman Wheels, you know, and Jerry Gill. We were, the three of us were, were a big deal at Grossmont High School. Yeah. So you're right. <laughs> hanging out with those guys all the time. They were all, besides just very, very good friends, Dick Ponce, all those, learned from every single one of those guys. It was wonderful. It was mm. wonderful. So. so you grew up in a time kind of unique. Back then, it was everybody your age was trying to improve their cars, work on them. Uh, kind of the hot ride was was really going pretty good by then, right? I think you're absolutely right. I think it was just a great season, you yeah. know, at that time to, to be in the in the late 50s or early 60s to be involved in hot rodding 
you know, and uh, especially, you know, all of us wanted to build, uh, yeah, all three of us wanted to build Model A's or 40 Fords, you know, with either flatheads or small block Chevys and because we can talk about street racing and all of that stuff during high school and my first couple of years of college. But, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what was the street racing like during that time? Well, I th- one of my best memories was uh, was being out on the completed Highway 94 in front of there in the Lemon Grove area. And I can remember uh, going there maybe after a football game or a... Uh, after game dance and we'd stop right in the middle of the road and somebody would flag us off you know absolutely and the names were were fellas that were all from you know helix high school grossmont high school and el cajon high school you know we knew everybody knew everybody you know and and they knew where to meet and did we get in trouble not really i think we we got away with an awful lot and that was one of the you know you've maybe heard of hourglass field that was up in North County, but for for me and uh, the fellas that I hung out with in high school, it's pretty much pretty much closer to home in La Mesa and and uh, Lemon Grove. When did the Carlsbad racetrack form? That actually uh, started in 1957. Carlsbad racetrack was inaugurated in 1957. It had the distinction very of being. I mean, there's an awful lot of drag strips throughout the United States. But at the time when it closed in, uh, let's see, 2003, it was the longest continuous running drag strip in the United States. So that was pretty cool. And there were times when, I mean, uh, there were records that were held there for maybe a month or two months, you know, Don Garlitz, all the big names that you can rattle off, uh, ran there at one time or another. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What a great heritage. Um, okay, I know you did some racing. I don't know when, but I think it was a 356 Porsche. Is that right? That's correct. My uh, my brother-in-law, uh, Tom Lassard, uh, was a, a car salesman down at the old, uh, let's see, it was a Volkswagen dealership in, in El Cajon. And he had a 912. And he said, Richard, you got to come down to Hopeville, where all these guys race with the Porsche Club of America. So at that time, I still had my 65 Mustang, and I went down there, and I just, I went crazy. I mean, my eyes got as big as saucers, and I said, this is what I got to do. So immediately put the Mustang up for sale, and there was a fella that I worked with that had a 1963 356 Cabriolet that I bought from him, and I turned that into a race car. (laughs) Oh, my so where would you race? It wouldn't be Laguna Seca, would it? Uh, you know, that's probably the only track that I never went to. And the main reason was is because it was too far away. And so it would mean that you'd have to take a, a Friday and a Monday off. But we had Hopeville. We had Riverside. We had Orange County Raceway. We had Ontario Motor Speedway. We had Santa Barbara. So there was, uh, and there, how many races did we have a year? If you wanted to go and participate with the AC Bring Club, Porsche Owners Club, PCA, you could be out there a couple of times a month. I averaged mm-hmm. probably about anywhere in the beginning, especially from six to eight races a year. So over a period of 20, over 20 years, I probably had uh, over 70 races that wow. I went to. It was a great, and, and again, 
it was uh, that was the best time to be doing it. It was a great season. You know, the 356s, you know, you could, I bought my car for about $2,500, you know, and you know what they're worth today. You know, it's just crazy. But, uh, yeah, that was, there were a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of those. So it was very cool. I think you had told me years ago that it's not about horsepower. Uh, it's about the driver and knowing his car. Sure. Yeah. And, and. A good example of that was uh, Hopeville and the Hopeville track, uh, which is uh, a track that's a little bit past El Centro. Uh, it was 2.7 miles long, and uh, it had a back stretch that was also used for a, uh, a drag strip uh, for other events. But uh, so we would practice. Our practice was on Friday afternoons, all day Saturday, and then our, our the actual races were on Sunday. Okay, so we you're absolutely right. My my big deal and what I picked up early on is you just don't use the brake. <laughs> and, and turn turn one at Hopeville was probably one of the best examples when you talk about maybe that, you know, cuz we would practice with 911 cars and uh, some some cars that definitely had more horsepower than I did. I think on a real good day my uh, little red car had 110 115 horsepower. And I'd go into that uh, turn one, and I, they were black flagging me because they they thought I was too dangerous. You know, I was, uh, you know, hey, Richard, you, you know, you're out of control. And I said, hey, if you watch me, I'm going through there. I'm going through that turn the same way every time. So I, you're absolutely right. So going through turn one, you might be following a, a 911, and you'd build up all of that speed. And so, you know, it took him maybe three quarters of the of that backstretch going into the chicane to catch me. And then we'd go through it together. So, yeah, I, I, there was a lot of there was a lot of races because we had, you know, it was a timed event. And I would have the I'd have better times than the 911s. You know, it was it was crazy. Wow. You know, I'll never one of my best stories is that. There was one event at Hopeville where there was only two of us that had 356s, and so they put us with all the 911s, and I beat all the 911s. Oh, you know? my. But it, was, but it was because, you know, and, uh, I mean, we got to give those guys some grace. Maybe they, there were some other 911 drivers, obviously, that were they were better than me, but that, that particular day was especially good one for me because I remember there were yeah. 14 and two of us were 356s and all the other ones were 911s and I had the best time in that class. So that was, that was fun. So you raced the Porsche pretty much 20 years, is that right? Yeah, I had two cars. I had the uh, overall, the, the Red three, uh, 63 I had for 18 years because I kept it uh, after I bought a car that was a 61 Porsche Roadster that was a dedicated race car. It had never been on the uh, street legally. It, had, it was born someplace up in Colorado. And uh, my dad and I put together a uh, Baja bug mm. and, uh, with, a, with a rebuilt little VW motor in it. And there was a guy in the club whose kid was graduating from from high school and he and he had this uh, 61 roadster and he was losing interest and he says Richard I'll I'll trade you and some money for your Baja buck because I'm going to give it to my kid so that was a wonderful thing because the wow. engine was the engine was in the 61 car was wonderful it was 
uh, Dieter Bonger, who had a de- who had a repair shop in downtown San Diego, had built that motor, and so it probably had an honest 150 horsepower, which is a lot for a little four-cylinder motor. So, yeah, that was about, I, I raced that car for about seven or, or eight years, and it had, it had some issues in the front end with the uh, suspension, and that's where my dad got involved again, and we fixed it, and I, I had great success with that car. The Carlsbad Raceway was sometimes turned into a racetrack. In other words, they used the drag strip to go, you know, that was the long back stretch, and they'd actually go through the pits. Well, we wow. had, I remember two events there uh, specifically, and I had top time of the day. Good you know, in a four-cylinder. We had, we had, they had a guy there that had a 904 with a six-cylinder in it and a bunch of 911s, but uh, both times I, I had top time of the day. Obviously, that wouldn't happen at Riverside or Hopeville, yeah. but, but it did there. It was just because of the size of the track. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So that, and that's 61. I, I had, just as much fun with with both cars, but the uh, going to Ontario Motor Speedway that was a that track was 3.2 miles long, and that was a dedicated racetrack that had been you know they, they had an outside oval for NASCAR, but it also had a road race course that went through the middle of the uh, of the circle track, and uh, that was fun. That was fun. So growing up. You could probably buy a car for under a hundred bucks, drive it home, <laughs> and work on it uh, on the weekends and begin to race it or whatever. Right, about a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, yeah, you could buy a Model A for a hundred bucks. Yeah, I think, I think my friend Jerry Gill paid one hundred and fifty for his, and his was a Roadster. Yeah. Why? And he, his was also a four cylinder. Yeah, and he he wound up putting a flathead in his, and later on a. Uh, 283, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. And he painted, that's right, Jerry painted his himself, too. He painted his yellow. Great fun. Yeah. Uh, tell me about what your high school parking lot looked like. What kind of cars were in there? Well, you know, I, 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 that's, I love talking about that. There were quite a few fellas uh, with Model A's, and when I say quite a few, I bet you there were 10 of them. And, of course, we had 40 Fords. And then, uh, I mean, we had, uh, there was Benner Brothers, Chrysler Plymouth down there. So those two brothers went to uh, uh, high school there at Grossmont, and they both had brand new Plymouths, you know, with big engines in them, you know. So that was, that would have been the, yeah, I graduated in 61. So yeah, I remember them having brand new cars. That was when I was, I was, I had the, I had the 57 Ford too, that I was, I was driving my parents' 57 Ford that had a 312 in it with an automatic and uh, it was just a really really good running 312 with an automatic had a lot of street races with that Barry <laughs> yeah oh I bet how many car shows have you been to in your life <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> rounded off <laughs> oh gee that's you know over over a period of long time I couldn't begin to tell me how how many numbers but uh the ones locally, of course, were the ones that uh, that I went to the most. I mean, you would go to the big ones like the Grand National Roadster Show in Pomona, and then we have our Del Mar show. Uh, go to that. So that, by the way, that one's going to be twice a year now. We got one coming mm-hmm. up here at the end of the month, which will be fun. When those La Mesa shows started, and they were every Thursday night. Oh, Barry, we you wouldn't miss those. And so those 
gosh, those go back uh, over 15 years. So you never would miss any of those. Those were fun. Then you had El Cajon. And then if you wanted to drive up to Escondido, you know, which probably had, uh, which probably had more cars uh, on a Friday night than, than any other car show in Southern California because you, they were drawn from some, there were some guys from Nevada that would come to that show. Oh my. And we, they'd have over uh, 500 cars there. You know, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Obviously that was the end of the week. So people, you yeah. know, they were, the work week was over. Let's take the family down there to, to Grand Avenue and look at all the cars. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. When did you start your drag racing? Uh, that's a good question. I uh, I like that. So it was around uh, 91, 92. Okay. And when I was, I remember being at Riverside Raceway with uh, with the Porsche and uh, none, of, none of the guys that I was, well, not none of them, but quite a few of the regular guys weren't there. I mean, mm-hmm. they just, you know, it's, it's like they changed their mind and decided to go someplace else and do something else. So... Then I got introduced. Uh, I got I got told about these antique drags, and uh, maybe you ought to go up there and check that out. Oh my gosh! I you know that was Chuck Edwall, and I and I look around, and here's all here's all my old high school buddies, and they're they're doing antique drags, you know. So we got to do this. I think Chuck said that the actual antique drags that. Um, Carlsbad started around 87 or 88, but uh, those first few years of 90 really, really took off. Yeah, I think you remember how they were so successful, those antique drags at that time, that they had to limit how many people could participate. So in other words, it it was by invitation. So when Eric got up to 150 cars or so. He's, he cut it off. So, in other words, you couldn't show up that day and race because we already had our 150 cars. The reason for that, of course, was so that everybody could go around. So, yeah, that was right. that was fun. That was fun. Well, what car did you have then? That was a that was a good story too, because uh, all through high school and pretty much, I always all I ever talked about was Fords. And, uh, but I always liked those, uh, 38 Chevrolets, 37 and 38, the B yeah. pillar on a 37 and 38. I always thought that looked pretty cool. So I, I just, that was when we had the old auto trader, you know, you go to the Seven Eleven and pick it up and in the back it had hot rods only. And darned if there wasn't a 38, uh, Chevrolet back there that wasn't completed. It was a project for some guy up in uh, Tierra Santa area. And uh, Ted, a nice guy, he was a he was a Navy mechanic over on North Island, and he had about three cars he was building at the same time. So um, I wound up getting that thirty-eight Chevrolet for only fifty-four hundred bucks, oh, <laughs> and that was wow. back in let's see, that was October of ninety-two, October of ninety-two. So I needed about another uh, oh, eighteen months to to get mm-hmm. it on the road. And one of the best things he had done it was. He had a friend of his build the little 350 Chevrolet motor, but uh, I had to do the transmission and the rear end and the suspension and stuff like that and make the wheels go around. But that, and I still have that car. Is it's, that the uh, blue one? That's the blue one, and the one that the one that you took. Remember, you took all those great videos, you know, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, okay. that was fun. That uh, was fun. So you still have that. What's in your garage today? 
Well, uh, what's in my garage today is uh, Bernadette's car, but in one of the- <laughs> <laughs> down, down below, I about uh, four and a half years ago, I bought a uh, 2003 uh, Porsche Carrera, so nine nine six Porsche Carrera. So I'm um, that's one car, and then I, like I said, I still have the uh, the 38 that gets covered up, and I've mm-hmm. had that car, so that's 30 years and. In February or October, wow. yeah, it'll be thirty years here in October that I've had that car. So the career is just for groceries, is that right? Uh, that's for going to grocery, going to church, and going to lunch. <laughs> 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 oh, you know, it's, I go. You know, you talked about car shows. We got a we got a car show in uh, Benita, uh, right across from the Municipal Golf Course, and it's a you know donuts and coffee thing. It's every Saturday, and this. This little car show, Barry, has been going for 18 years, and oh it's just word, of mouth, just word of mouth, and I mean, it's every Saturday, rain or shine, you know, obviously, the, with the nice weather we have here, it's quite like last week, I mean, it was full again. I, I, about seven weeks ago, we broke a record, there was 143 cars, and a lot mm-hmm. of those guys get there at like... Uh, you know, six thirty, and then they want us out of there by about nine because that's when all the shops open up. You know, there's a Vons grocery store that's open early. But gosh, we get the we get the mini trucks, we get the C10 Chevys, we get the Novas, we get the low riders, we get the hot rods. You know, everything, motorcycles, and the average mean age is seventy five years old. You know, all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know it doesn't. I always like to say it doesn't matter if you're collecting uh, butterflies, rocks, or hot rods. You know, you you got all. It's about being with <laughs> with your friends. You know, and a bunch of cool guys. So I've only probably been going to that show for about uh, oh five years. You know. And uh, but it's, I won't miss it. I mean, and there's a bunch of us that are pretty sure about showing up there. Yeah, a lot of fun. nice. If you're walking a dog, holding a child, or have a car like a hot rod, you have an instant uh, conversation with people. Oh. They come up to you and go, "My my uncle had this car, oh, you sure. know," or "I wish this is the one I want," and and you just instant friends, you know. Oh, absolutely. I. Uh, for a while, for about seven years, I had a little uh, 1961 Falcon with a 302 in it mm-hmm. and a four-speed AOD. Nice little car. I, I get more questions about that car than I would my 38. You know, oh, I had one of those. The family the family had the wagon just like that, you know. It was, yeah. a, it was a surprise. Yeah, that was fun. That fun car. Well, yeah. people are listening and they're reminiscing, I'm sure, with, with their life in cars what would you say the importance of uh, changing your oil? Oh, I, I think if you didn't do anything else, that would be it, you know, especially with these, the modern V8s, you know, and unleaded gasoline. You don't even have to change the spark plugs, for gosh sakes. All you got to mm. do is change the oil, you know, and with the synthetic oil, you know, and I'm a fanatic on the motorcycles. I mean, you know, it's, gosh, it's, it's so inexpensive, for gosh sakes, you know, yeah. just, just oil and, a, and an oil filter. But, uh, but you know, it, it, you, when you bring that up, and I talk about my 38, the engine has been the whole 30 years that I've had that car, Barry, it's, it's stayed together. I, I mean, I've never, I mean, I didn't hang grenade or blow it up. I mean, it just always ran, 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 you know. Oh, and all I've, all I've ever done is, is, well, put spark plugs in it and over the years and change the oil. That's it. Seriously. 
we put my friend Chuck Edwell and I put so much paint on the darn thing when we sprayed it in my garage that it don't leak any oil either. <laughs> we sealed it up with all that acrylic enamel. It was great. There you go. I scared a lot of people. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I'll never forget. And when we were in Hopeville one time and this, this uh, husband and this wife comes up and says, I, my, my wife would really like to go for a ride, you know, and I said, oh, sure, yeah, bring her, we'll put a helmet on her, and, you know, and then you got all the seat belts and everything, and so she was in, and I took her for, she just, she was holding on for dear life, she jumped out of the car when I got back into the pits, went behind a pickup truck and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> And then, then you had Angela who would go down with me, and we had to put a pillow underneath her, giggling the whole time, just giggling the whole. I I drive the car the same way, you know. I don't know if that really answered your question, but it's 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 probably the. Oh, car that's that, a good answer. <laughs> that I identify with most because I you know I had fun with all the cars that I've ever owned. And yeah. I, you know, probably one of the questions you should ask is how many how many cars have I actually had, and I actually. Uh, made a list a while back. I don't know where that list is, but I had 94 different cars over the 94. Years. 94 different cars, you know. Some of them for a very short time, some of them, you know, a little while longer, you know. Yeah. When I think of all the cars I had when I was working, you know, that yeah. included everything, you know, my company cars and family cars and the whole bit, yeah. Well, t- speaking of that, if you could go back with all the cars that you had and got rid of, what are a few of the ones you wish you still had? For sure, the the red three fifty six, you know, and and uh, even more than the sixty one because the roadster because you could drive it on the street. I, I one of the best jokes I have about that is we were using it as a family car too, and mm-hmm. that was Bernie's car because I was I was working and I had a I had a company car to do my I was a salesman for a printing company, and she'd go to the grocery store. And, put the groceries in and then there was no room for the kids <laughs> he said we got to get another car Richard <laughs> oh, that, that one for sure and the uh, the 57 Ford I had an awful lot of fun with the 312 57 Ford in high school and, and college yeah those were probably the two favorites yeah wow her best memory going back and you know because it was so special yeah well today as we're talking, would you like to go back and race or watch? Oh no, I uh, I would like to race absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. like you say, the time with uh, time trial and road racing and drag racing, absolutely. Yeah, that was fun. It was a great season. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't hesitate. I mean, uh, do I spectate? Yeah. As a matter of fact, this Saturday uh, coming up is the antique drags at Barona. You know, the oh, little. Yeah little eighth mile strip and uh we probably they don't get as many people uh, like they used to because we talked about how it was a better season and days gone by but but there'll, there'll be some folks out there that um that i know and be fun to see yeah so i'll spectate yeah that kind of took carl's bad raceway when it closed right that's where they ended up pretty that much was, you're absolutely right the carl's bad closed in october of 03 and we actually had an event scheduled for hmm. Carlsbad uh, in October, and of course it obviously got canceled. And then we we had our first race at Barona in December of that same year. So of all yeah. three, I'll never forget it. Yeah, quarter mile is a lot more fun than a eighth of a mile. They were both fun, but uh, 
quarter mile at uh, Carlsbad, and, and you remember yeah. that. Barry, we used to get, they used to brag about all the spectators that were there. They'd get more spectators for antique drags than they would for the other events that were there. It was, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. I had the luxury of uh, meeting and talking to Don Perdome. That was an awful mm. lot of fun. And my son, uh, Nick, was working for 100% and also for, uh, which is eyeglass people. Spy. And I spy sunglasses, too. And they sponsored him. So that gave us an intro. We got to go to the shop. We got to go to the, you know, into the pits. You know, we, we got, when you remember how those dragsters, they, after every run, they got to take and rebuild the whole engine in about yeah. 45 minutes, you know, and we got to be right up there. That was, that was a lot of fun. So, and he, 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 he was a great ambassador for the sport and still is. So it, it was really fun talking to him. Yeah. Wow. Did you, like. you ever see Carol? Carol Shelby? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. That's one. Of, uh, that's a good story. Thank you for asking that. You just, you just tickled my memory. As a matter of fact, when they used to have the, um, historic races in um, Coronado and they did yeah. that for seven, 17 years, a full 17 years. And it was sponsored by the uh, Chrysler corporation at the time when they first got started. And so they had, uh, they had VIP passes along with, uh, you know, buying regular tickets and a very good friend, Don Danner, uh, who worked at one of the local Chrysler dealerships. Uh, he got some VIP uh, tickets for, a bunch of us so we were there and sure enough i'm i'm sitting and uh sitting down and my shoelace was <laughs> was undone so i sat in the chair and i'm tying my shine my shoelace and i looked to the left and carol shelby was sitting right next to me because that was at a time when there was an association with chrysler and carol shelby a couple you know the oh that's right you know, he was involved with that. So he, you know, they had him uh, involved like that. So I was pretty, and so, you know, he, he <laughs> you know, of course I'm a little paralyzed, you know, but he was all dressed in black. Remember that was part of his yeah, month. And his he, hat. Had, he had the black hat and everything. And, and so I just, you know, I kind of, I'm sure I just said something like, hi, you know, how you doing? He says, hi, you know, and he, <laughs> oh, he's, he said, he said to me, he says, well, have you ever owned a Mustang? And I said, yes, I did. You know, so, and that did. That was all he had to do is to say, yes, my uh, one of the first new car that I ever bought was a 1965 Mustang with a 289 and a four speed. And he says, and he says, uh, what'd you do in that car? You know, and he says, well, I took it out in the back country. Do you ever do anything with your future wife in the car? <laughs> so that was a, it was a little small talk like that, but yeah, that yeah. was a real surprise. And many somebody you know got his attention, and he went to the next person. But yeah, and then I think that I went once to uh, SEMA, and he was uh, and he was there too. He didn't remember me at SEMA, but I remember. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> he did, <laughs> but he was there. Yeah. Oh so. my. Well, looking back, um, you know, you and I grew up on on the car thing and all that. I'm feeling really bad for my grandkids because everything's going towards electric. What's your feeling on that? Well, uh, I mean, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but I don't have any interest in, in electric cars at all. I no, mean, I don't need it. I, I, I mean, it's just not something that I that I'd ever want. And uh, of course, we could we could get into the political thing, but we won't do that today. 
But uh, I mean, I think of I think of the little car show that uh, uh, that I go to on Saturday morning there in Benita, and sure, we have some young folks there, and uh, uh, but and they're coming with with uh, some of those earlier Hondas and and yeah. the little, little mini trucks that are that are hopped up, and of course Volkswagens. You know, those are so easy to work on. So so I think the younger younger guys are are into that stuff. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm going to push and, and shoot when, and, and that, your that conversation, that question comes up all the time. And, and Barry, we're all, all the guys there think the same, you know, do, yeah. do some of them have electric cars? They probably do, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they don't want us to know that they got them. Oh my. Well, I appreciate you sharing any chance I get to talk to you. I'm going to do it. And today I, I'm thrilled that my listeners get introduced to you. You're a great man. I've known you for too long, and um, you haven't <laughs> changed, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. It's back at you. Is there one story that you have got to tell, either of your own experience or just whatever you'd like to share? And then after that, I want to give you a instant quiz. Okay. on car terms. Is there a story that you've kind of left behind that you need to share? Well, one of the areas that I really appreciated when when I was uh, racing the, the Porsches especially is that my my boys would go with me. I mean, and uh, the one of the tracks down there was uh, Hopeville that we used to go to. And it was I mean, if the kids didn't want to get in the car or something like that, they we'd go down there with bicycles. You'd have to see the area. The, it was it lent itself to just about everything. We would barbecue down there instead of going back into town. But those are those are treasured uh, memories. And Bernadette mm-hmm. went uh, about oh, about eight years before she said, you know, you can just you can just go with Doug and Nick, and and they did. When I would go to to Riverside or Ontario. Uh, both of them would go with me. So that was a, that was a very special time in my life. Very great season. And, and, and then we talk about it all the time, Barry. I mean, Mm. I mean, I even, Angela didn't go all the time, of course, but you know, dad, remember when we did this and all that, you know, that's great that you're, you're sitting at the dinner table or in the car or something like that. And, and they're the ones that always bring up the story. Same with, you know, like a vacation too. And you, you know, the same thing, you know. Remember when we did? Remember when the when we blew the tire on the on the trailer for the for the for the boat? And we're out in the middle of three ninety five, you know, and you spilled the spaghetti all over the inside of the camper. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, those, those are some of the best memories, and those are some of the best stories. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it doesn't take long as you're talking. Though we've been talking about cars, you value family and God and the influence that you have had on me and my family and countless others, you know, you'll, you'll never know. And even though we're talking cars today, um, the memories of things we did or places we went with our kids and you're right, they, they're still talking about those. I have memories of, being with my brother and uh, at 11 years old, driving his 63 uh, split window. Corvette, yes. You know, and growing up with him is all it took, though he died early. Yes, um, I remember. Yeah. 
I have always had that car bug in me. So you help fuel it, um, knowing you all these years, but um, it gets inside of you. It's a real thing. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I mean, we could spend a whole other show just talking about vacations, you know, and and uh, talking about the kids and what we did together. I mean, the first time your, your boys caught their fish, you know, or the first time they got up yeah. on water skis and was, oh yeah we forever yeah it'd be and that'd be yeah. like i said that'd be another show <laughs> yeah the dynamic well, of family yeah, um here's a quick quiz i'm gonna mention a word or a term and you tell us what it is and this would because of your involvement uh from 50s on you'll know all of these are you ready Okay, here we go. Baby moons. Oh, yeah. So, so those are the hubcaps. I still love those. Yeah, moon <laughs> hubcaps. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you should bring that up. I, I that, that was one of my favorites, you know. The, and yeah, I, like the kind, I like the kind that you actually screw onto the rim. I don't like the kind that are hubcaps. I like the ones that you actually ah. screw on. There's a difference. And, the, the, you know, and I was just, you know, Part of my routine is to go through Craigslist, and you'll see some see somebody that still has a set of moon yeah. in their car. Oh my! Yeah. Very cool. Well, matching that would be this word, and that's glass packs. <laughs> glass pack mufflers. Wow! Yeah, they're still doing that, and that's probably one of the one of the least expensive mufflers yeah. you can buy out there. You know. I wish we yeah. still had a pet boy. Some of them have closed up, but yeah, you can still get those. Uh, <laughs> they get of, louder and louder because the inside insulation disappears. <laughs> well, you, you, hold, you hold them up to your eyeball and you can look right through the middle of them, you know. <laughs> what insulation, you know. Oh, my. The word blower. What's that? Oh, yeah, superchargers. Matter of fact, very, very close friend, Bruce Rogers, lives right down the street from me and just finished a Model A here in the last year with a Chrysler engine with a Hemi. Yeah, Hemi. Mm. I started out life as a 354 Hemi and rebuilt the whole engine and put a 671 supercharger on GMC blower with 497 carburetors. And it's got about 500 horsepower. And it's so nostalgic, Barry. It is just, I mean, you look at the thing and you just start sweating. It's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Blueprinted. Of course, that would be uh, an engine, you know, taking it all apart and making sure that, uh, uh, you know, all the rods and the pistons and everything are, are perfect. You know, they match, you know, so that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Business coupe. Business coupe, no back seat. Yeah, my my 38 sure represents that. Yeah, it just has a front seat and no back seat. Yeah, of course, you could get that in guy 49's. Fords and 49 Chevrolets actually came from the factory without a back seat. Yeah. Good grief. Channeled. So, and my friends, back to Bruce Rogers, he channeled this Model A over body over the, over the frame. Yeah. I think it's kind of nice to have that so close because it took Bruce about three and a half years to build this car and uh, was over there quite a bit watching him do it. And he fabricated a lot of stuff. And that was one of the things he was sure he was going to do was channel that body over. Yeah. Ah, what's the word chopped? 
Chop top. We go right back to Bruce. He's got a chop top on this model. He took five and a half inches out of the top. I think oh I love my. it most on, on uh, 33, 34 Fords. That's where it looks the best is when you chop the top on, on, on a B on a B Ford, 33, 34. They just look because some of them, you know, are reasonable and others, the ones that run a Bonneville, you know, they just got a slit yep. through. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. Crate engine. Crate engine. Well, and that's that's made it easy for a lot of uh, new hot rodders and uh, very economical. I mean, you can get a short block, long block, or an engine that's running, and uh, the, the price is very, very reasonable still, still very reasonable. And, mm. you know, and of course, it's instantaneous, you know. You just call up Summit or Speedway and say, send it to me, you know, and I'll put yeah. it in my car. <laughs> You'll know this one, Deuce. Deuce Coupe, yeah, yeah, 32 Ford. Yep. My, my friend Jack Polis has two of them, and, uh, and he, he also lives only two or three blocks away. So anytime I want to look at a Deuce Coupe, five-window or three-window, he's got both of them. My, well, you are doing good. Let me see if I can stump you here. Are you trying to stump me for, my gosh. Here's a difficult one, flathead. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get a long answer on this one because uh when my when my dad and i uh got that 44 chassis to for the model a it, it came with a with a flathead motor that's the one we were going to we were going to use and put in the car so it had a it had a 40 ford flathead 239 cubic inches and we were going to rebuild it ourselves so we did and you, i don't even remember we bought all the parts from ace auto parts and el cajon and uh, I don't think we did any machine work on it. We just we just uh, cleaned it all up and put it back together, and uh, it didn't last a week. Oh my! <laughs> it just it didn't freeze up, but boy, did it smoke! Oh my! It was terrible. So, so here's the so we actually went down to uh, a place in El Cajon that remanufactured flathead motors. Of course, it was a long time ago. $100 was with the trade-in. So we gave them our, the one that we messed up, my dad and I messed oh. up, and we got this long block. That means it had the heads on it for $100. And that motor wow. worked perfectly. That worked wow. perfectly, yeah. Oh. That one, that, that's the one I had all through high school. So from 16, I had that, I think I only had the Model A for about seven, eight years. I had it through a little bit into college too, yeah. Oh so, my. yeah, flathead. Flathead. And that's a big deal. Now. I mean, yeah. people are going back, you know. Yeah. It was 100% stock. The first motor my dad and I built, and then the, the long block that we got, uh, it was it was stock, too. Just one carburetor and ran fine. Ran perfect, yeah. <laughs> well, Rich, love you. Yes. I wish uh, we could hang out and hit a few car shows. Um but I have fond memories of the times that we found each other there or went together to go there. I knew there was never, ever a day that I couldn't call you uh, and talk oh or uh, talk about cars or God or whatever. And you have definitely been there. I want to thank you for being the kind of guy that you are. Your love for people has been great. People are what it's all about. It's, it's that's that's yeah. you and I. That's some of the most fun we have in our life. Is just, of course, yeah. like you say, not just talking about cars, but all the wonderful things that the good Lord has done for us. And 
And yeah. Now we uh, call on him every about everything. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank well, you, Barry. We'll talk again real soon. And coming on and sharing your story is how I wanted to kick off this new season. And uh, I thank you once again for sharing. Okay. Thank you for having me. I, I really looked forward to it. This was a lot of fun. It's a great thing getting behind hot rodders to stop kids from becoming juvenile delinquents. Because as we all know, the kid who builds himself a car with a fast getaway is never going to be caught by the cops. I mean, well, you know what I mean. Thank <laughs> you.